Hello and welcome to episode 114 of the Confident Live Marketing Podcast. If you're going to start, you need to start now. Not in, in a year's time and go, I wish I'd have started YouTube because then I would have got this, that and the other. You need to start now. You need to be putting out that, in some cases, terrible content because you're practicing, because you're learning, because you're growing. And then once you get some momentum it will start to make more sense to you. Well, hello, my name's Ian Ansegray, and in this episode of the Confident Live Marketing Show, we're talking about how to launch your YouTube channel to boost your business, and I've got Matt Hughes, the king of video, in the house today. Can't wait to share this with you. Let's get on with the show, but first... Looks like it's time for something completely nutty! Welcome to the Confident Live Marketing Podcast with Ian Anderson Gray. Helping you level up your impact, authority, and profits through the power of confident live video. Optimize your mindset and communication and increase your confidence in front of the camera. Get confident with the tech and gear. And get confident with the content, content and, and marketing. marketing. Together, we can go live! Well, hello, hello, hello. How's it going? This is episode 114 of the Confident Live Marketing Show. This is the show that helps you level up your impact, authority, and profits through the power of Confident Live Video. And in today's show, we're going to be talking about how to launch your YouTube channel to boost your business. I've got Matt Hughes here, the king of video. Can't wait to share that with you. As always, if you want to be notified next time we go live, maybe you're listening to the podcast or watching the replay and you've missed out, you feel you've missed out, then all you need to do is go to confident.live forward slash subscribe and you'll be notified next time we go live. I've also got my free confidence guide, how to be more confident in front of the camera. If you click on that, you'll get that for free. We go live every Tuesday and every Thursday with this show. And of course, the podcast comes out every Friday. So do check that out. Just go to iag.me forward slash podcast and you can listen and subscribe to that. The show notes for this episode will be at iag.me forward slash 114 when the podcast comes out. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for listening, for watching. I really appreciate that. And I'm going to be bringing in Matt very shortly. But just before that, I want to introduce my first sponsor for today, which is Restream. I use Restream for all of my shows. It allows me to broadcast to a plethora of different destinations. Restream is the complete multi-streaming suite for entrepreneurs and it's getting better and better there's so many amazing things that you can do with it and i've got an amazing deal for you you can get one month completely free so here's a little bit more about restream the confident live marketing podcast is proudly sponsored by restream 
Restream is the complete multi-streaming suite for entrepreneurs. It's the easiest way to broadcast live to over 30 destinations at the same time, including Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, Twitch, and so much more. Restream Studio makes it so simple to stream directly from your browser. Bring in guests and add your branding, videos, and graphics, and view and highlight comments from your destinations, all at the click of a button. Take Restream for a test drive and get your first month completely free at iag.me forward slash restream. You're listening to the Confident Live Marketing Podcast. Just a big thanks to Restream. Thank you so much for sponsoring the show. Do check out the that deal. Just go to iag.me forward slash Restream. Well, it is time to bring in my guest today, who is Matthew Hughes, who is the self-proclaimed king of video. In 2013, he started his video company that he ran for seven years, creating video globally for one-man bands through to billion-dollar companies. In 2019, he started the King of Video brand to help small business owners and entrepreneurs confidently and consistently create video content. He does this with his Facebook Live, Facebook Live five-day challenge, the YouTube bootcamp, and in the King of Video Academy, his online membership site. Let's bring in Matt. How are you doing, sir? Well, that that was an amazing introduction. I wish I wish you could, I wish you could be around for all of my lives. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just just to kind of play the cheering sound. But that, that, we actually yeah, do have a whole crowd here watching live. Special COVID uh, conditions, obviously. But uh, <laughs> I see that. Shout out to the King. Tim says. <laughs> yes, it's great to see. Thank you, Tim. Let's have a look at uh, just before we um, get on with the show. Just look at some live people. So Tim is saying shout out to the King. Katie is saying, is it windy up north? That may be affecting the internet or tinternet. It might well be. It just might be my computer that's being a bit slow. I don't know. And Dewey is watching, saying good morning. So great to see you, Dewey. Hope you're doing well. It's probably actually, do you know what it is, Matt? Often, like, what I, I don't know about you, but do you recommend a lot of things to your clients and your audience that you don't do yourself? I want to say no, but you know the truth is obviously yes. Yeah. yeah it, do this, it'll make things so much better. Oh yeah, I should probably do that. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> well, I think one of the things is that I, I always recommend to close as many apps running in the background down as possible. And I didn't do that. Yeah. So there, there we go. Anyway, I, while you're while you're talking, well, I'm going to ask you a question, and I'll try and do some uh, stuff in the background, and hopefully things will get better. So I wanted to ask you, you know, first of all, like, what is this whole king of video thing, and how did you get into all of this mad world that you're in? How did you get started with all of this? I'd love to know. Yeah, well, the the king of video thing's dead easy to answer because I my name's Matthew Hughes, and when I was googling myself couldn't i could only find like a ufc fighter which clearly is not me and also there's an author as well so trying to beat a a sports personality and an author on google was never really going to work for me so well so i was trying to find a personal brand that i could really love and i searched like tongue tongue in cheek for king of video.co.uk and it was available so i was like that's it i'm having it and that is literally where it came from. Once, so you know, I don't know how people start businesses normally, but or brands. But I always look for the domain names first. Like if the domain's name, the domain name's not available, I'm like, well, there's no point in having it then. So once I got the domain name, I was like, okay, let's get a logo, let's get 
you know, the, the hoodies and all that kind of stuff. And off we went from there. So that's really where it started. But, you know, I've got a bit of a pedigree, as you mentioned before, I had a video production company for seven years and we filmed around the world, got to travel loads in the US and around Europe. So it's not like I've just decided one day, hey, I know what I'm talking about with video because I bought the domain name. Uh, we actually, well, I, f- I think I filmed something like 1,500 commercial videos in the last seven or eight years. So uh, quite a lot wow, there. That's impressive. Yeah. So, like, how did you get into that? Like, did you like, like when you were three, did you decide like video is what you wanted to do? Did you leave school thinking this is, you know, because I'm always interested, like, like for me, like, <laughs> there's no way I was thinking about this. I, I I didn't have a clue what I wanted to do when I left school and I kind of fell into this. Was that the case for you or were you a lot more, you know, thinking about focused on what you want to do? Hmm. So when I, when I was about eight, eight, maybe 10 years old, I was building computers. Like my, my passion was IT and it has been for a long time. Uh, I was big into tech and I had 20 years 37, yeah, 20 years. I started in uh, uh, professionally in tech when I was 17. And then it was only about eight years ago, I became an IT contractor. IT contractor is very well paid. So I had lots of spare cash. And um, I met somebody that had just finished their uh, video degree. They did a media production degree in Liverpool. And I was like, asked him what he was doing. He says, I'm looking for a job in Tesco or Asda or something like that, you know, in, in retail. And I was like, no, forget about that. Let's start a video company. So it kind of really did just, it was just something I decided to do at that time. I had no experience myself. I didn't know whether we'd make any money. Just thought this sounds like something really good to do. And so spent 20 grand on cameras and all that <laughs> kind of stuff. And then decided to ask people to give us money for it. So oh, that's, I, wish that's, it was, I wish it was a more glamorous story, but that's... <laughs> no, that is, that is, that's great. But you're kind of making everyone feel jealous because like I, I quite often will say on this show, like you don't need to spend $20,000 on a live video studio unless you've yeah, got yeah. the money, you bootstrap it over time. And I'm sure you'd agree with that, but <laughs> it just makes us all jealous hey, at that Ian, point. You know, you know, you talk about confidence on camera and, and I love that because it is the first place people should start yeah. with anything really video-wise. And I often, when I do like uh, live presentations, I often show my first Facebook Live, which I think was the 20th of March, 2017. What's that, like four, four years ago? Yeah, four years ago. Something like that. <laughs> Don't ask and, me. <laughs> and I've done a, I've done a thousand Facebook Lives on wow. my profile alone since then. But I just remember that first time I had £10,000 worth of equipment equipment around me to film because I'd been making these commercial videos for so long. And it was a truly terrible Facebook Live. Like, it's horrendous to watch because I just did what most people did. I overthought it. I'd got all this gear to try and take the emphasis, anything to take away from the fact that I was showing up on camera. And I was absolutely pooing myself. Like, I was scared, you know, which I think is where a lot of people start. So trust me, I jumped in at that point. I I went live every day, every weekday for six months, pretty much, uh, give or take the odd day. So really jumped in my both feet at that point. I mean, that is is the way to do it. I always recommend get just... Don't give up. Just keep doing it. You'll probably be really bad at the start. But keep yeah. going. Have you, you kept? You pretty much that, definitely will be really. Well, bad. you will be. I'm being nice. Almost have you kept? Yeah. Have you kept that video? Is it still out there? Yeah, yeah, taken absolutely. It yeah, I, I linked to it. Now, I, I um, I never. I always say to people, keep keep it all. Yeah. Don't ever delete anything. Like, there's so much to learn. 
Definitely. and grow from your old experiences. And if, you know, we're talking about YouTube here, if you if you go and look at YouTube, the best channels are the ones where you can go and you can, YouTube's got this switch to go oldest to newest. And when <laughs> yeah. you see the oldest video and you go like Mr. Beast, go to Mr. Beast. He's got 60 million subscribers or something like that. Like watch his first videos. The first two or three years of his videos were gaming videos where he wasn't on camera and it was just in gaming and talking about stuff. It was it was awful. Like in my opinion, it was awful. Like he got a great following doing it, but compare that to where he is now. Completely different show. Completely different YouTube style videos. You know, so mm. definitely looking back is is such a wonderful thing to do because it it really definitely. shows the the journey people go through. Love that. Well, I'm glad you've done that. Yeah, I think they should call that mode where you reverse to show the oldest first embarrassing mode. I think that's what it should yeah. be called. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah, that's good. I like that. It, <laughs> Love that embarrassing mode. Exactly. Well, let's have a look. So we've got some uh, comments. Uh, I'm going to check this. Now, this wasn't working last time. Uh, my little um, restream widget here wasn't working, but let's see if it is going to work today. So it'd be interested to know if anyone can comment whether it's going to pop up on the screen here, but I can see all the comments here, so I'm going to pop them up on the screen. So uh, Katie says, we are the crowd. We've got Louise Brogan watching on LinkedIn Live. Great to see you, Louise. How are you doing? It's been a while since I've spoken to you. And we've also got Carl Sullivan in the house. Great to see. Oh, it is working. We have, we, we have got some people uh, go. coming up. It's, it is, it's just being slow. It's my computer. And Tim is saying, hello, Team T, and is also very impressed with your 1,500 videos. That's amazing. I'm just amazed that you kind of know how many you've done and how many live videos you've done. Quite so, so when it comes to the pre-recorded stuff, we used Vimeo. So, of course, when you use Vimeo, we delivered the, the videos to the clients via Vimeo so we could see the counter. It was always going up, you know. Uh, with the uh, live videos, I actually went through my Facebook feed and counted up because I was like, I wonder how many it's been. And because I knew the start date, I could go back and I just sort of counted the, the rows of videos. So it's, it was fairly easy to keep track of this stuff. Uh, Cole's saying, how did you create topics for every day? Hey, I'm talking about video for business here. And for anybody, a shout out to any of my solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, people that are doing business stuff every day. Because if you think for a second that you can't come up with a topic every day in business, when your business life is like this up and down every hour, <laughs> then then you're mad because there's always stuff to talk about. You know, like I think the best best and worst part about being in business is no day is ever the same. So something always came up that I thought, well, I can I can share this moment and think about it gary v talks about documenting not creating if you think about that as a, a way to create live video like just document what's going on in your day and you'll come up with content ideas all the time mm. so uh, so that's how i came up. i just reacted to what was going on in my day basically that's great advice i think it's it, it is hard it is hard to do that to, to come to come up with all of that but i love your idea of doc uh, of just creating content about your day the other thing you can do is you just come up with different themes so like this i have three different themes for this show we've got the the confidence and mindset we've got the tech and the gear and the content and marketing and then it's a little bit easier then to come up with ideas and just write it all down and what else have we got so oh Stephen healy is watching great to see you Stephen. hope you're doing well 
And Ram- Ramon Ray is here as well. Very early in the morning, Ramon. I'm very, very impressed. And Katie is saying, documenting and not creating interesting. Love that. Yeah, really, really good advice. So when you first like went live or went in front of the camera, and I want you to compare that with how you feel today. Did you, do you get nervous on camera? I'll say that when I'm doing a live stream or my own show, then I have no issues. When I'm coming on a show like yours, Ian, <laughs> yes, I get nervous, of course. Like the thing is when you, the the great thing about creating Facebook Lives and, and doing things yourself in your own world is you get to be the producer, right? You get to decide this is the direction that I'm going to go in. This is who I'm going to talk to. You, you curate your own audience and, and bring the right people towards you. When you go into other people's world, you're kind of like, well, I don't know who's going to be watching. What are they going to say about me? What are they going to think about the King of Video brand? You know, like all the things that when you get started, you think about the things that stop you, the, the excuses that come in, all of those things come back again when you're in front of somebody else's audience. Just like, um, you know, Ian, you've presented around the world in on stages. It, it's the same sort of thing, right? You go to the US stage and all of a sudden you're this you, you this British guy coming to the US and standing in front of a US audience. I presented in Singapore and I remember everyone told me how hard the Singapore audience was. And it just it just felt weird because I was in a different country, a different vibe. So it's the, it's the same. It doesn't matter where you're presenting, what you're doing. I think you do get nervous. I don't, I don't know anyone that just shows up and goes, yeah, that was dead easy. Unless it's their own thing, you know, if it's their own thing, I think it, it, it starts to feel much, much easier. Yeah, do, do you think, and maybe part of it is that we're all a bunch of control freaks. And like, we we just like, like you coming onto my show, you kind of like vaguely know what you're in for, but maybe not really. And you don't know what, how terrible my audience is and how, you know, they're going to give you a difficult time. And I think we build these things up in our brains. I love this from Katie. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Katie. Ian is terrifying. Only joking. Uh, <laughs> well, that's uh, it. You know, yeah. like your audience know you, don't you? So they know they can have a joke with you. And sometimes I say, I do a lot of guest expert sessions. I don't know if you, if you do those things in, in people's mm. Facebook groups and stuff. And like, again, in that audience, because I'm so used to being in front of my own audience and having jokes and sharing my sense of humor with the audience that knows my sense of humor, there's a familiarity that you get. And then when you're in front of someone else's audience, you're like, I don't know if they got that joke or maybe that was too familiar. My wife says that to me all the time. Sometimes you're too familiar with people. And it's like, because I just assume that everybody knows that when I talk about stuff, I'm saying it with love, that I care about the way it comes across to people and all that kind of good stuff. But my British sense of humor can sometimes come across (laughs) in an interesting way. I know. It's that, yeah. Well, I've got the same problem as you, I think. You know, how sarcastic can you be in somebody else's show? Yeah, there you go. Sarcasm, that's the one. I know. That's the one that sometimes just dies and you're like, I know. <laughs> well, it's funny. I remember the first time I spoke in the US, and I, I just like cringe now thinking I did this. But the first thing I said is like, Hi, I'm Ian Osgrave. I'm from the UK. Can you understand my British accent? I can't believe yeah. I said that because I was like, I was thinking they might not understand me because it's like, anyway, it's it. I, I think yeah, you just have to embrace who you are. Just be you, and yeah, all our little foibles. We've got a question for from Ramon Ray, and it's kind of interesting. So it's not directly to do with YouTube and stuff, but 
I thought this was interesting, and maybe you've got some thoughts on this anyway. So he's asking social stories versus posts, thoughts. And obviously with YouTube, you can't, with the, you've got the community tab and all this kind of stuff, but maybe what, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think there's a, they're, they're completely different opportunities. That, that's the thing to think about. From a story's perspective, you know, all stats are made up, but let's just pretend that this stat is, is a genuine stat. I've heard it is. So on stories, 80% of the people that watch the stories have got their audio on. On posts, it's the opposite. Their audio is off. So think about it from an opportunity point of view. If you're on the feed and someone's scrolling down, then you've got to grab their attention and they've got to make the small commitment to go into your show or you know your Facebook Live, whatever it might be, uh, and they've got to decide. Whereas in stories, it's a little bit different because A, they've probably got their audio on and B, they're probably going through the stories. In fact, Instagram now, that, that it's I've heard Instagram experts say that more people spend time in stories than they do looking through the feed or through search. So the opportunity is very different. Um, and if you're getting started with video, then I always say stories are a great way to get started. They're, they're non-persistent. They only hang around for 30. They're only 30 seconds long. You know, they hang around for 24 hours. So really, if you're trying to cut your teeth into video, then that's a great way. And you could just do like, this is what I'm going to do today. This is what I'm going to talk about or learn today. And at the end of the day, that's at the start of the day. And at the end of the day, you say, this is what I've learned. This is what I did today. And if you just did those two things every day for like 30 days, you would find that you would increase your uh, engagement, your audience, all that kind of good stuff. So it's just that I don't know if that answers the question, but it, they're different opportunities. So yeah. so maybe do a bit of both or, or get started with stories first, maybe. What, yeah, what about that. you, Ian? How do you feel about that? Yeah, no, I, I think the same thing. I, I actually, in many ways, prefer stories as a consumer because they're just more real and, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's that. It's just down to the realness of, of them and the authenticity. Yeah, I, I think I, I th- I've seen a similar statistic. So I, I do, I, I'm putting a lot more thought into stories. I'm repurposing, I'm testing this out. So I don't know what, how successful this will be, but sometimes you have to test these things out. So I'm actually going to be repurposing some of these shows, little short snippets, and going to be repurposing them into IGTV and Instagram stories, Facebook stories, LinkedIn stories, Twitter fleets. Why not try them all and just see like what works? I'm not going to continue doing all of those, but I want to test what's the, what works. And the other thing is YouTube shorts. Now, I don't know how much you've gone into YouTube shorts, but this is something that I'm kind of interested in playing around with again for testing. Have you played around with YouTube shorts? And um, no, you know, what's no. been, no, I mean, what's your view on I, them? You know- my, my view on shorts is, and this is a completely personal view, I could be completely wrong with this. My view on shorts is they're great if you have a large channel and a large audience. Like for me, when I'm being like very, with my YouTube content, I'm strategic with it. So I'm always thinking about like what it's there for, who it's trying to reach and trying to plan ahead. And I, I very rarely plan as strategically with anything else as I do with YouTube. So shorts feel to me a little bit like it breaks my strategic plan. And when you look at your your uploads on your videos, they sit in there across the whole of your channel. So for me, it's the only platform where I think that that short form content doesn't really work. And I'm I'm prepared mm. to be wrong in that. And, <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes sort of long term. Yeah. But for me making it an asset library, a strategic asset library from a video for business point of view, 
shorts doesn't i think the other platforms are prepped much better for that kind of content so why not do what you know why not use facebook and instagram and even twitter like you yeah. said for fleets and stuff for for that short form content and then have youtube as your big like i call it signature video asset library like that's yeah. where you want your best content really to live love that i think that's really helpful and you know, sometimes you have to test these things that's what i want to do i want to play around i'm also interested in the technology being able to teach other people about shorts so i kind of want to play with it but i'm perfectly prepared for it to not work and i think you listening to what you said there i think that makes perfect sense and by the way youtube shorts just in case you don't know they are portrait videos uh, which kind of goes against YouTube in in my mind. But anyway, that's just the way it is. They're short. I think they're up to a minute long. And you've probably seen them. If you go to the YouTube app, you'll, you'll see like a selection of, of uh, YouTube shorts. But yeah, you, you're right, Matt. I think all the shorts that I see are people who have a huge following. And so I don't know how uh, successful that's going to be for me, but we'll see. We'll see. I can see we've got a fab question from Tim on Multistream. I'll come back to that, Tim, if that's okay, because I want to... So we've talked about shorts, but um, before we get on to like, the overall strategy, I do want to ask you this, Matt, and that is, what's your view on live versus pre-recorded on YouTube? You know, I've heard people say different things. I've said like you should focus on pre-recorded first and then do live. You need to, you need to do fewer lives and more pre-recorded. What's your view on that and how's that kind of work with your overall strategy? Yeah, so great great question. The from a pre-recorded point of view, the great thing about pre-recorded is that you can come up with a plan, right? A strategic plan. <laughs> Hold on. Let me just step back a second because you can come up with a plan with for live video, of course. But let's just just Pretend that's not a thing. So with pre-recorded, you can have a strategic plan and you could plan out your content for six months, you know, just as a, a, a fixed amount of time. And then you can put out of that content and you can be sure that the level of quality that you're going to produce is great. You can bring in different things that would add value to the overall video. So let's say screen recordings, uh, you could go outside and inside and, and make it a really wonderful piece of content. With live video, yes, you can do all of those things as well, but the more complex that is, the harder it is to create live. So generally speaking, what most people will do with live videos, they'll sit in a studio like me and you are doing now, and they will create content in that way. They might share screens, for example, but you wouldn't normally, and I say this because it, it is possible, you wouldn't normally go to somebody in the field and do something else unless you're doing like a you know commercial broadcast. So I think in terms of like which one would I do, I would focus on my pre-recorded content first. And then like you said, Ian, the live content should be for a specific purpose. So it could be a live show like this. It could be a regular Q&A slot. Uh, they work really well, but again, I think you need to have some kind of audience in place at that point. Uh, the last thing I'll say about it really is just about scheduling those live videos. So you, you're going to talk about restreaming, so, so I'll add the other bit that I'll talk about then. But in terms of setting up a live show, like if you set it up ahead of time, as you do, Ian, and you can then promote that show to your audience. So you can tell them, hey, we're going to be live at 11 a.m., and you can come and join us, and we'd love to have you, like you've got all these people in the comments, adding some value to this. So there's a bit of a different look at these things depending on what you're trying to do, what you're trying to achieve, I guess. Love that. I don't know if that answers the question or not. 
Yeah, no, it does strategy, but this is like thinking about it. What we're talking about here is you've got to have a plan. You've got to do this deep thinking. Don't just go live and just like, I mean, there's the, the, you know, going live, like having a challenge and we're going to talk about your challenge in a bit. That That's good because, but the focus of that is for you to build your confidence and to learn the tools of the trade. But what we're talking about here is, you know, having a plan, having a strategy uh, for your YouTube channel. And that is really really vital, I think, isn't it? The, the, the challenge that you've got, to, to sort of summarise it, the challenge that you've got with live video is on the other platforms, and this is this is really to be said across, like, why people don't do YouTube versus the other socials anyway, is the challenge that you've got is on the other platforms, you've got a much bigger and better chance of reaching a live audience because the platforms are set up for that way. Whereas with YouTube, you really have to bring the audience to YouTube. Unless you get a unicorn and it, it, it hits on the YouTube feed or in the, you know, the search page, you really have to, to bring that audience to YouTube. You, you, whereas on the other platforms, you can just go live and you'll get an audience. As long as you've not got like five friends on Facebook, you'll get an audience because people will naturally show up to it. Whereas they're not sitting on YouTube in that same way, expecting live content like that. So you need to, you need to really think about like, how can I get my audience from, you know, well, my audience, whether, whether from them, uh, email, Facebook, Instagram, whatever, how can I get them to go over to, a live show on YouTube. It's a very different prospect. Yeah, totally agree with that. Uh, Carl Sullivan is saying a bit cold to wear shorts. Very funny. I love that. And, uh, this is the question that Tim asked a few minutes ago, which I think is is helpful. Great question, Tim. Thank you. Multi-streaming versus streaming to one location. Isn't it better to have your audience all in one location? What's your view on that? Yeah, so th so this is the bit that I was going to say about bringing that audience over. So, again, being strategic about it, is it better to have it all in one, one location? Technically, Tim, I think the answer is yes, but that doesn't mean that you can't maximise the opportunity to get the audience to that location. So what I'm talking about here is on Restream, for example, sponsors of the show, for, for the record, I'm the community uh, lead there for that, those guys as well. What you can do is you can turn on all of the platforms so you can stream to all of the platforms at the same time and then you can turn them off during the show. So one way I've used to get people over to YouTube for a live show. So let's say I used to do a show at 8pm on a Mondays and I'd say I'd turn all of the platforms on and I'd say, hey guys, I'm going to go and do my Q&A on YouTube in five minutes time or whatever. I'd love for you to come over and join me. The link of the to the show is in the description and I'm going to turn the, the rest of the platforms off uh, one at a time. And then I just say to them, buy LinkedIn, buy Facebook group, buy my free group or whatever, like, and just, just turn them off until I was just left with YouTube on and then I would go and start the show inside YouTube. So it's a great way to, to capture the audience from the other platforms and pull them over to that particular channel. So yeah, so that's that's what I would do. That's really interesting. But I kind of also think you're a very cruel man, Matt. You know, just all these people yeah, watching yeah, totally. and then, oh, you're going, <laughs> you're forcing them. But that's actually, I think, I think that's actually quite, that's really quite clever to do that. So that would, if you're broadcasting using the traditional way uh, with Restream, so you've got all the channels there, you can switch them off and on. Hopefully, the, the, the ability to do that within the, the other way of doing it via the API, using Ecamm and other ways, that will be coming hopefully in the future. 
future. But I love that. I, I really think that's a great idea. Katie agrees, uh, saying, like that idea. And Tim's saying, that don't, you don't need to apologise. Didn't mean to put you in an awkward situation. Was playing devil's advocate a bit. Yeah, I... I think it's a great question. I think we should be asking those yeah, difficult yeah. questions. You know, don't just read multi-stream because you can. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. And so I think you need you need to have a reason. And in some cases, in many cases, it's probably a good idea just to stream to one place. Certainly at the beginning, I think. But as you grow your channel, there might or grow your channels, there might be a really really good reasons. There are great reasons to multi-stream. And and certainly we've talked about that a lot on this show. You're listening to the Confident Live Marketing Podcast. So I want to I want to move on to my next question. And this is something that you mentioned when, when we were chatting before the show on email or Facebook Messenger. You know, you were talking about there's like common misconceptions of using YouTube for business primarily. So I'd love to know what those are. You didn't tell me what those misconceptions are. So this is kind of well, over to you. <laughs> Let me know what you, well, your view on this. The misconceptions, Ian, is that YouTube is for gamers or cat videos, right? Like, or music. I think they're the three common sort of things. Cat videos being the one that everybody said. Who hasn't watched a cat video on YouTube? I'd love to find someone that just says, I've never watched a cat video. Even people that don't like cats have watched them on there. But that the common misconception is, you know, you, you need to be some kind of lifestyle vlogger or you need to be a music artist or something like that. And businesses often, it is harder for businesses to grow a channel. Let, I'll just put that out there for starters but it absolutely can and should be the first place that you put your best content and that's the thing that people forget about and the other misconception right well maybe it's not a misconception is it's the thing that puts people off is that youtube is a longer game and when you've got instant gratification across the other platforms it feels like it's a harder thing to get into so i'm really trying to make people understand that actually Rather than thinking YouTube is another platform that they've got to create content for, because a lot of people say that to me, oh, you know, I'm already already all in with Facebook, already all in with Instagram. I don't want to add another platform. I want you to flip that on on its head. Uh, Ian talks about content repurposing. I'm a massive uh, fan of content repurposing. And I I want you to flip it on head and instead think, if I put my signature video, my best piece of content on YouTube, and then repurpose that across the other socials, actually, I can maximize my time and probably save myself a load of time having to come up with new content all the time because I've I've got that signature piece of content. So misconceptions wise, it's just that it's not for business. it's It's for cat videos and that kind of thing. But actually... This is a real tool that can bring bring tangible results to your business from day one as well. You don't need to have thousands of subscribers. You can start getting business from YouTube with just one subscriber. Oh, I love that. Apparently, Katie watches donkey videos on YouTube, so that's a new one on me. But uh, so and goat videos. There's some good some goat, good, yeah uh, goat, good goat videos. Um, <laughs> but we're not talking about those on, on this no, show. No, let's so, okay, I, I want to play devil's advocate here. I, I totally agree with you, but there is this kind of thing. I think the problem is in social, in content channels like YouTube, we've got these statistics, these vanity statistics. We've got the number of followers. You've got yeah. watch time. And let's be honest, let's be frank. We all want more. And sometimes we can be embarrassed if you have like, three or 50 subscribers and you start to look at other people out there who've been doing this for years and they've got tens of thousands even millions of subscribers 
And there's a whole gamification part of YouTube, of course, you know, like some some features are only available if you have a hundred or a thousand or 10,000. And so we can end up feeling bad about ourselves. Is If we start building our YouTube channel now, can we really have a good level of success compared to maybe people who started five, six, seven or eight years ago? I know you know, I know you're going to say the answer is yes, of course, but I'd love to know why. Okay. Well, I'm kind of smiling because I want to tell you something, right? My personal brand is called King of Video. And for most people that will pass them by, but for some people they'll be triggered by this because they'll be like, well, if you go to my YouTube channel right now, I have 825 subscribers, or I did have before this show. And so you could think to yourself, how can this guy call himself the king of video with 825 subscribers? And what I want you to think about is I'm not wedded to those numbers. What I'm wedded to from a business is, am I bringing income from my channel? Is the social content that I'm putting out there giving me cash in the bank? And it might sound a little bit, you know, depending on what your purpose in life is, it might sound a little bit crass to go just straight to the cash. But like, I want you as a business to think about the bottom line stuff rather than the vanity metrics of how many subscribers have I got, how many views have I got. That being said, and I must point this out, I really don't like it when people say they're vanity metrics. They're not. If you see someone with a million subscribers on YouTube, you have a very different perception of them to someone with 10 subscribers. And there's nobody in the world that can tell me any different. So they're not vanity metrics. They do mean something. But if you don't start now, you can never get to a million. And that's it. Like, like when are you going to decide, oh, well, I'd like to start when I've got 100,000 already. Like, it just doesn't happen. You've got to start. And that's why I said, you know, Ian, you talked about it being the embarrassing order. Like, that's why I said go to the YouTubers that are, that are killing it now and the first one, two, three years, for most of them, some of them really do hit it off straight away, but for most of them, they they didn't get a massive amount of subscribers and views and stuff at the start. It took consistent, persistent action, a strategic plan to get them there in the first place. And that's why I say to people, like, if you're going to start, you need to start now. Not in, in a year's time and go, I wish I'd have started YouTube because then I would have got this, that, and the other. Like, you need to start now. You need to be putting out that, in some cases, terrible content that because you're practicing, because you're learning, because you're growing. And then once you get some momentum, it will start to make more sense to you. You know, when I, I've got this really terrible, my most popular video on my channel is this Facebook Live Sideways video. It's one of the first videos I did. It's about two years old now. It's terrible, like awful. And it's the most popular video. Why? Because it answers a really simple question to my audience. It's 90 seconds long as well. I wish I'd have made it like three hours so I could have got my watch time up. But, you know, I started, I put it out there and now I've got that to refer to. And I can say, hey, it's my worst video. Go and watch it. <laughs> I hope that makes some sense to you, Ian. It, it absolutely does, right? You, you need to leave the show now because you've got an, under a thousand followers, uh, subscribers on YouTube. <laughs> isn't that, isn't yeah, that awful that people out. think... People think these, you know, I think, well, I think it's how we see ourselves, actually. It's not what how other people see so much. And, you know, I, I think you're absolutely right, you know, that you've got to just get, you've got to start now, you know. And I, 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 I don't know, I, I mean, I'm going to be honest as well. Like I had one, I've got one video that has had loads and loads of views. And that was like four years ago. 
And I've just like, yeah. I've not done much since because I've been following the kind of the, the holy grail, which is not the holy grail of perfectionism. And you've just got to get started and get in. And this is, so this is, I'm, I'm saying this now that my, my goal is to, to, to put out consistently consistent content every single week on YouTube. That's what I'm going to do. And I, and I want you, if you're watching this or listening to this, I need you to hold me accountable and say, Ian, look, we don't want, it doesn't need to be perfect. Just do it. And this is what I want to say to you as well. And I'm sure you'd say the same, Matt, is creating that consistent content. And I also love what you said about, you know, you know, some people might have an issue with this, but I, you know, if you're in business, you're in it to primarily, you know, you, you need to, if you want to help people, you need to have a profitable business. And so there's no, I don't think we can have any, any qualms about that. Making money is an important part of business. And so ultimately that is, that is a really important statistic that is not on your YouTube channel. Is it actually converting into business? And so maybe we can, we can talk about that just after the break. So uh, we'll be with you just after this. You're listening to the Confident Live Marketing Podcast. Just to say, if you just joined us or if you've joined a while ago, this is the Confident Live Marketing Show. I've got Matt Hughes in the house. We're talking about how to use YouTube for business. And uh, I can see we've got some uh, fabulous comments here. Let's just bring these up. Carl is saying, I think it's so hard to gain subscribers on YouTube. 700 subscriptions on mine, but over 20,000 views last month. I mean, that, that, I mean that, the number of views you've got is amazing, Carl. Any, any uh, tips for, for Carl there? And, and he's also saying, my, my goal is the same consistency, but it's hard when managing an illness, as Ian and Katie will know. And yeah, I mean, obviously, I know for you, Carl, it's hard. I think we've probably all got various issues you know, that will stop us from producing content. What's your view on that, on that consistency thing, particularly when life gets in the way, Matt? Well, that's that's the biggest challenge, right? And I think this is why I very much encourage people to have a bank of content ahead of time. I worked with a client recently where we were creating the content the week after they'd shot the content. And that is just so hard to maintain because like you say, life gets in the way and then all of a sudden, the content that you needed to create for the next week doesn't get created and then the consistency falls off. So the first thing to say from a consistency point of view is if you fall off the wagon, just get straight back on. Like there's no consistency police that are going to say, well, you've missed one now. So you may as well give in, you know, you can't possibly start again because somebody's going to come and tell you off. Like it, it just doesn't exist. Just consistency is internal to you like you've got to decide what your consistency will be and that could be once a week it could be once a month it could be once a day every day of the week as a as i do with my life so so that's the thing with consistency but yeah the other thing to do is have a, a plan of a strategic plan so and i've mentioned strategy a lot like we ask our clients to film in batches of four four to five you know depending on the month so what we'll do is we'll say ahead of time film five videos send them to us we'll edit them and put them all together and then the next month we need to give you another five so that way whatever happens throughout the month it doesn't really matter if life gets in the way you've got that bank of content they're going to get edited and then you can put them out once a week or once or twice a week whichever one you want to do but it's that having the idea of batching that content that's exactly what i'm doing this week myself is batching my own content because you know as you say who knows what's going to happen so if you've got that schedule and you've got that content in your content bank then you'll be good to go regardless of what happens 
in your life. I hope that makes sense to you. Makes perfect sense. Makes perfect sense. So what's the best way to get started? If, if you don't have a YouTube channel at all, don't worry, we'll come back to like if you do have a YouTube channel. But first of all, if you've either not got a YouTube channel or you've got one, but you've got not you've not really used it what's the best way of getting started with that can i say my youtube challenge ian you can of course i was gonna, I was gonna uh, promotion yeah go, go for it i know it's uh i know it's on your list anyway but like uh, what's the best place to what's the best way to get started well you know we could just say well get started <laughs> create a channel get you know get stuff out there but i have a youtube challenge it's actually this week we're, we're second day into it so by the time this airs it'll be we do them every two months that's the main thing you need to know and with the challenge, what I do is I help people uh, create their YouTube channel, get some nice channel art on there. I show them how to get to their first 100 subscribers, which actually, if you've got a channel already and you've got 100 subscribers already, it doesn't matter. The, the principles and the strategies to, to increase your subscribers is the same. I show you how to plan those first four or five videos. So really, and we do all of this in five days. So it's a, a five-day challenge. So if you've not got started, like something like that is great because you're with a community of people that are also doing the same thing. So it means you can have that accountability throughout the challenge week. Uh, you know, Ian, you said about accountability. It's, I think it's so important to surround yourself. Even if you had like an accountability buddy who you could just say, hey, Ian, have you done any videos this week? Or have you put anything out this week? You know, we uh, in my uh, membership, I have an accountability call every Tuesday. And that's all we do in that show is we ask the question like have you done what you said you were going to do last week uh, and if they've not done that then they only hold themselves accountable and then they come back the week after and what happens is most of the time people will do what they said they're going to do the day before uh, shout out to my last minute people that do things uh, the day before i certainly do that but i try to be more strategic and plan ahead uh, usually so yes the youtube challenge is definitely the the place i'd say to start which is a definitely a shameless self-promo no that's okay it's absolutely fine this is a youtubechallenge.co.uk youtubechallenge.co.uk this is not presumably just for people in the uk this is worldwide yeah, but, yeah we've uh, got people from australia the us all over which is awesome carl is liking your black and red hoodie by the way Thanks so much. Will is not available to buy. This is a custom made. Oh, well, <laughs> I, man, should, maybe... I should get, at some point I'll have a merch. Um, you should, store. yeah, you should. <laughs> with less than a thousand subscribers, I'm definitely not, despite the King of Video brand, not self-obsessed enough to have a merch store. But at some point I'll be, I'll be able to have one and say, yes, people are wearing my hoodies. Yeah, uh, exactly. I don't know when exactly. that day will be. No, that's cool. That's cool. So you've now got, you've got a YouTube channel, you're producing relatively consistently consistent content on there how can you grow that channel you know this is thinking you know particularly from when you're starting but if, if you've had it for a couple of years maybe what are the things that you can do to actually grow your channel so i have a, a video on my youtube channel that is about getting your first 100 subscribers and really i think you need to uh, you need to put it into like the sections of the amount of people so because i've got another one coming very soon is about how to get to your first thousand subscribers i'm almost getting there so i can create that video as well try to do things authentically but think about it in different stages so you for your first 100 you have to hustle right there's no doubt about it the reason why we talk about the first 100 by the way is because you can get a custom url at that point so the first 100 you have to hustle you have to beg 
all of your friends, anybody you know, anyone that's interested in your business, hey, if you loved the content that I create, it'd be great if you could subscribe to my YouTube channel. And people forget that that's the thing that you need to do. And especially if you're British, it's you're very, um, you don't want to ask people these things, but actually you do need to go and do that. There's some little strategies you can do, like if you've got an out of office on your email, you could put your YouTube ch channel in there, make sure you subscribe. If you run a challenge, you can ask people as part of the challenge. There's loads of little things that you can do. If you've got a Facebook group, you can ask people in there, but that's getting your first 100 subscribers. Like in that video on my YouTube channel, I give you loads more ways to, to grow to your first 100. But when it comes to getting to the thousand, the most important thing I think is to be consistent with your channel. So you should be doing one video a week, just one video a week. You don't need to do any more than that. Definitely not less than that. One video a week. You could do two if you wanted to, but start with one. The problem with most people is they start with a too big a plan at the start and then they never do it. So just one video a week is a great start. And then, and then you have to rehydrate your content. Have you ever heard this phrase before, Ian? Rehydrate no, I like, I like it though. Tell us more. Okay, so you know the idea about what hydration is, right? You're, you're drinking water. That's the, the whole point of it. So think about your content as a little plant that's sitting there, and once you've put it out into the world, it's just sitting there waiting. And if you don't feed that plant, if you don't hydrate that content, it will not grow. So a lot of people with their social content, their Facebook Lives, their Twitter stuff, their Instagram, they put it out there and they wait. And then they think, I've got to create some more content now because I've already done that content. But actually rehydrating your content is all about consistently bringing a new audience to that content. So I've just mentioned to you in this podcast, this live show, that I've got a video that has the way to get to 100 subscribers. Now, you know guys that it's there on my youtube channel so i'm hydrating that content because i'm giving you a, a call to action to go and watch that video the other thing the other ways i do this is uh, in and this is a great a great authoritative piece in in facebook groups for example is people will say things like matt what's the best no they won't say matt they'll say can anyone tell me the best camera to use to film my course or to you know go live in whatever so what I do is I go and get my YouTube video, get the link from it, I use the little app on my phone, and I paste it into that thread. I'll say something like, hey, all webcams are rubbish, you should use your mobile phone or a digital SLR. And here's the video where I show you why I've said that. So I give them a, the answer in short and then drop in the video. And guess what happens? When there's all these responses and I'm the guy that's dropped in the YouTube video, I immediately get a higher level of authority because the person reading that and the other people that have answered, because some of those will watch it as well, will say, wow, Matt's gone out of his way to create a video with the answer to that question. And that's hydrating your content. And you'll see some of the most popular videos on my channel, uh, only got a, a thousand odd subscribers, are things like the what's the best webcam, because I'm using that all the time in my replies. Uh, actually, um, just la last thing on that, Ian, is, that's what I ask people to do when they start in the YouTube channel is find the most common questions that people ask you, like what's your best webcam to use for creating courses and answer those questions in videos. Lots of people and advice is all about like doing keyword research and finding the best videos that, you know, most people are searching for, you know, go on Quora and the audience ones, whatever. Forget about all of that when you're getting started. Create videos that are going to serve you first. 
So they're going to be videos that you can use to answer the questions you answer all the time because it will save you time. And then what will also happen is the side benefit of that is your authority gets built because people will see those videos and, you know, they start watching the other videos on your channel or they'll subscribe to your, to, to your channel. So actually part of that is uh, to Carl's question. Uh, think about that content. Are you answering the questions that your audience are asking you all the time? I love that. I think that's a great tip to create content that is going to save you time that people are asking you all the time. And that's certainly something that I'm going to be doing. Love that. So we, we're almost out of time, but there was one final question that I think some people get really nervous about this. They're posting content on there and that they're kind of like, it's quite, um, it's like a nerve wracking thing. They're giving part of themselves away. And what if they get like a troll or a really horrible comment? You know, like some YouTubers or YouTube commenters like are known to not be particularly very nice and they can really knock your confidence if you get that. Now, I don't think I've got that many yet. That might be because I don't have like loads of subscribers, but I don't know, as we get more successful, presumably we're opening ourselves up to that. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, <laughs> I think you'll probably feel the same, Ian. When you get a good troll message, you feel like you've made it. It's like, yes, I finally <laughs> reached that level that I'm being abused publicly. Again, maybe that's a British thing. But I think with trolls, it's your this this show, you mentioned mindset in, in the show, the trailer, the title credits. And mindset is so important. Like it's so important to know that, to be confident that what you're putting out there there's always going to be somebody that doesn't like it. Uh, you can be the best at what you do. You can be the most lovely person to be around, to speak to, etc. Everything is good, but somebody's going to like, oh, that guy's just way too nice. I just can't. Why is he so nice? <laughs> I mean, can you imagine that people say that? But I've stood in people's company when they said, I don't like that guy. He's far too nice. It's just <laughs> weird, right? Like people find there's a guy called Rob Moore who who says uh, people hate what is great about you, and it's so true. So you've got to have a really strong mindset that when people mm. come and show up and they say not so nice things about you, you've got to be a, able to know that it's about them, not you, and you've also got to be able to respond, and you should respond in a really positive way. Because when a troll comes with some negativity and you respond positively, they absolutely do not know what to do with themselves. So if someone comes and says something really bad and you say, thanks so much for your time and attention, really appreciate your comment. They go, what? Hold on. <laughs> I want an argument. <laughs> why, why are you being nice to me? You know. So just respond with kindness. It's, it always kills them dead. Uh, and they'll move on to somebody else who's gonna who's not so good with their mindset, who doesn't know how to to respond to it, and who will give them something back. So yeah, that that's my advice to that stuff. Oh, that's great, great, great comments. There, I, I really like that, and I think that's that's what you need to do. You need to think about. And sometimes they can be having a bad day. Sometimes yeah. it's usually it's usually about them. There's some kind of issue that they're facing, and they they're just you were there at the wrong time Paul <laughs> I don't know and, Carl, and everybody's yeah. like you don't know what's you don't know what's in uh, a friend of mine says you don't know what's in their cup yeah don't know where it comes from but it's like and sometimes it spills out on you so you know like you say you don't know what's going on in their lives and you'll have done it as a human being everybody does it so you're you're having an argument with your a friend or your missus or whatever and then someone comes and talks to you at that time and then you snap at them and you're like, yeah. damn, I shouldn't have snapped at you. It wasn't you that was yeah, talking yeah, to yeah. And that's how people are on the internet as well. So exactly. um, why would they not do it? when they're keyboard warriors. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Carl's saying, I had uh, one or two trolls 
at the start, I replied, thank you for helping the YouTube algorithm for my channel. <laughs> a comment is a good, a, 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 a comment is a comment and all comments are good, even if it did make me feel down. Oh, I'm sorry about that, Carl, but you hey. did the right thing. I love that. We've also got uh, Ronan Quinn is here saying, I really enjoyed this chat, guys. Thank you for joining us. I, I'm glad that you found this really helpful. Well, we're at the end of the show. We have, I have mentioned um, Matt's YouTube challenge. Unfortunately, I can't highlight on this, highlight that on the screen because I'm having some tech issues but if you just go to youtubechallenge.co.uk where can people find out more about you matt and uh, are you on the socials where's the best place to, to follow you there well my socials are real king of video so all one word real king of video and my website is kingofvideo.co.uk which as i mentioned right at the start of the story that's that's where the brand comes from so loads of freebies on there and all my blog posts and latest youtube videos and stuff on there i aspire one day to have as much of a wonderful website as you do ian because uh, you're definitely an inspiration for that oh well you, thank you it, it's kind of funny you know, isn't it because i i kind of like i get quite down sometimes about my website I could get, you know this is always the problem we always we're all perfectionists we should yeah, stop yeah, it comparisonitis right that's the problem <laughs> I, I think i think and this is the the challenge with video in general like a lot of people compare themselves and where they are with where somebody else is and you forget about the journey like it's part of it I, when I went to Vid Summit a couple of years ago which is kind of the start of my YouTube journey uh, Pete McKinnon who's a big YouTuber I'm sure most people have seen one of Pete's video at some point he said like you people say to him he, he did a whole keynote and it was all about like oh you it, it must be good to be you like it, you, you're so lucky or something like that and he said like you forget the, the seven years it took to get there like a, it took all that time to become an overnight success and it, so I think when I'm looking at your website and where you're at and, and you, like you say, there's other people you aspire to be like, it's, it's just comparisonitis. Like we forget that we're yeah. different parts of the journey. So um, yeah. no, I think, I think it's good that, that we're leading the way in some ways in, in our own ways to our own. Definitely. Audience. Definitely. So if you're suffering from comparisonitis, stop it. <laughs> That's what I'm saying <laughs> yeah, to myself. Stop it. And I love this from Carl. You know, this is when you have it, you already say, for some reason, Carl calls me Sir Ian. I don't know why, but anyway, uh, even Sir Ian is human. So yeah, it's very true. Very, very true. Well, thank you, Matt. It's been great to have you on the show. I really thank appreciate so it. Do follow Matt on uh, all those all those places that we, we mentioned. Just to let you know, on Thursday this week. I'm very excited to have my amazing assistant, Tonya Miller. She is, she does so many amazing things behind the scenes in the, the whole process of my live shows, turning them into podcasts, into blog posts, into social media content, and get, you know, in, in terms of bringing the guest and the show notes and all this kind of thing. So do check this out. This is on Thursday at 5 p.m. in the UK. That's 9 a.m. Pacific. So I hope you can join us for that. And of course, on Friday, as always, uh, sorry, the podcast comes out as well. So do check that out at iag.me forward slash podcast. Well, we are at the end of the show. I just want to leave you with this to encourage you to level up your impact, authority and profits through the power of Confident Live Video. See you soon. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Confident Live Marketing Podcast with Ian Anderson Gray. Make sure you subscribe at iag.me forward slash podcast so you can continue to level up your impact, authority and profits through the power of live video. And until next time, toodaloo.